What's good? You're listening to Wasted Radio. My name is Matt, and this is still the only place on the internet where you can hear live vinyl spun directly out of my collection. So if you're looking for that, you're in the right place. If you're not, sorry, get lost. So today, we've got a very special episode today. We have Concrete. We've got three of the members of the band, two of them for most of the show, and then at the very end, uh, another one hopped on. So first we've got John and Ryan. John is the vocalist and guitar player for Concrete. We have the drummer, Ryan, and later on in the show we have uh, Lenny, who pops in. He plays guitar too. Um, I I got nothing but great things to say about this. We had a great time. I love the album. I love the guys. It was really nice to just kind of bullshit with them and get to know them a little bit. These are guys that I came across maybe, shit, six, seven years ago. Never really connected with them, but uh, we were in some of the same places at the same time, and we know a lot of the same people. And I'll tell you what, one thing that I love about hardcore that just never lets me down is that I always get to talk to interesting people who know a lot of the same people that I do. We share experiences, we share stories. Um, This really is what the culture of hardcore is about. And I could not pick uh, a better band to make that example out of uh, than Concrete because traditionally what you would think of as hardcore, Concrete is not that. But as we get to talking, Um, in the interview, you know, hardcore is so much more than just a certain style of music. It has a lot more to do with who you're brought up around, what you're brought up around, uh, the scene in general, the ideas, the principles, the mindset. And these are all things that we're going to talk about as well as, uh, production promotion in the worst year ever. There's a lot to come. Uh, I just want to say before we get started, make sure you drop me a follow over at wasted.radio on Instagram. You're going to find these guys at concretehc on Instagram. I'm not going to waste any more of your time. Let's get to it. What's good? You're listening to Wasted Radio. I'm here with John and Ryan from Concrete. How you guys doing? Pretty good. What's up? Good, man. What's going on? It's good to have you guys. Um, I'm a really big Concrete fan, so just right off the bat, this is great for me, and I really appreciate you guys uh, taking some time out to help me out. You know, the show's up and coming. Um, We're 14 episodes in now, so, you know, it's stuff like this. That you got some not, good good bands on there though. Hey, I've been trying, man. You know, I I uh, well, what what I'm honestly what I'm doing is picking stuff that just hits home with me. Um, you know, I mean, that's my musical taste is like purgatory, spirit world and, and concrete and, you know, keep yeah, it heavy, yeah. keep it dark, punch you in the face. That's what I like. Um, so, uh, yeah, man. So what have you guys been up to? Let's uh, let's just start it off here. What have you been up to for like the past year? I, you know, for band wise, we've actually been working pretty hard. Um, I mean, we we put out a record in August. So we recorded that like the week before the pandemic hit. And um, so, you know, we, we were kind of working on that. And then uh, we put the record out in August. We've, we've been working on writing a new record. So um, we've still been practicing. Um, we're trying to up our, our live show game a little bit. Um, got these new songs that we want to get ready and get out there. 
So yeah, man. Yeah. It's been a crazy fucking year. We're just keeping our heads down and just trying to write as much as possible, man. We already have what fucking half another album done already. So yeah, we got, <laughs> we're just we got to keep five songs done and uh, we're probably going to write another five before heading into the studio and, you know, either recording them all or picking, picking the best ones and seeing what happens. But we, we would like to get another record out pretty, pretty soon. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, now, have you guys done any live performance whatsoever on the back of this album yet? No, no. I haven't no. played a single song live besides Parasites. We played Parasites before. We played Parasites uh, before. We did a we did a weird uh, attempt version of um, of Path of Fire before Path of Fire became what it is. Oh shit! Um, yeah, <laughs> but nothing since the record has come out at all, um, and we are itching to do that. So that's wild. It's all it? fresh, it's man. A... Yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird, man. We've been playing these songs for a minute, you know, and that's gonna be sick. <laughs> well, Our I last mean... show was we we played a show at, in. Um, it was in Pennsylvania. I'm forgetting where in Pennsylvania um, with Iron Price and uh, a couple other of our friends. And I literally I drove from there to the studio to record the record. And then the week after that, everything was locked down. Oh, shit, so. man. And that's got to be the worst news that you can possibly get. <laughs> like when you have a record coming out, you, you literally have the the marketing and everything planned for it. And I'm sure you had shows lined up to promote it, right? Yeah. I mean, we were, we were expecting to, you know, tour behind it. And then we were hoping, you know, by this time we, we would have uh, done a fair amount of touring and then, you know, maybe even popped over to Europe by now, but uh, everything's been pushed back. So yeah, a little bit, huh? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, too. uh, One thing that I, and, and, I guess we can just jump right into the album here. The first thing that hit me when I started listening to this album um, was a bit of uh, more death metal sway, right? <laughs> kind yeah. Of, kind of going more into that direction, right? Um, so when, when you guys first were putting music out, and I think the first official release you did was um, The Split, wasn't it? You had a demo. We did one before that that was kind of like a rehash of a demo that we put out in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a rehash of the demo with like a couple of new songs, and that that came out in 2013, right before a uh, year before the split. Uh, okay, that was Deadlock, but yeah, um, it's like a we sound like a completely different band. I think. Well, um, yes and no. I mean, you still have that like hardcore influence um and you you still promote yourself as a hardcore band and i i make this argument all the time i don't necessarily even think that hardcore anymore is like you have to sound a certain way or or whatever hardcore is more about the scene you come up with and the people you're around and things like for sure that. yeah uh, for sure. we, we kind of we've been going just by heavy music lately because you yeah. know uh there's a a billion people out there who go that's not hardcore and then you know there's people that are like oh it's death metal and then there's people who go that's not death metal they're like oh it's black metal that's not the fucking worst we just play heavy music you know whatever's heavy to us man you know yeah i don't get into the um subgenre tug of war i mean if it's metal or hardcore i mean there's major distinctions between metal and hardcore so they could be their own genres but for at the end of the day like you said heavy music 
Um, it, it's probably the easiest way to define it, but um, my first introduction to concrete was in 2014, and that was with the split um, with Hammer Fist. And uh, Flesh and Bone was like an anthem for me. I mean, that is a classic song. It really is. That, that, that song is a classic. So um, much fun to play. <laughs> it's a great song. Yeah, it's a great pile-on song. It's, a, it's, it's just the sing-along in it is really catchy. Um, but then you come up to current day. I mean, so you have No Dawn. You have uh, Everything Ends Now. And then now we're at <laughs> Free Us From Existence. Yeah. Um, so what happened like inside the band where you guys decided, you know, like, hey, let's go with some more blast beats. Let's go more in this uh, death metal direction. Um, uh, personally, I mean, I just I've always listened to death metal, man. Growing up, I listened to a lot of metal and I just love playing blast beats. And when I joined the band, uh, I was playing blast beats at the time in my other band. And uh you know, over time, I just started to incorporate them and it just kind of works, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, originally when the band started, the idea was to play that kind of street style of hardcore punk. Um, and then as things progressed, you know, I think we all kind of grew up with metal and all in our own different ways. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I know Lenny did and I did. and the three of us have kind of been the the mainstays in the band we've we've done all the writing together since then and um i don't know i think we're just we're pulling from what we listen to what we like um i think we've gotten a little bit better at our instruments i mean ryan was always kind of a crazy drummer and uh he let us push him on stuff so uh it's it's been really helpful to have that, you know, to have a drummer that can do everything that you want him to do. Um, but yeah, we just started, we always wanted to do a band where it was music that we wanted to listen to. Like we wanted to make stuff that we enjoyed. And as uh, you know, as our tastes changed or kind of went back to, you know, what they were or maybe even evolved, I think it, it just kind of all got folded in and then for sure. We all started dipping onto the same page. We were like, yeah, I think we want to make this uh, more metal. We want to put in these blast beats. We want to play faster, lower. And it's like, it's not like we don't stop listening to hardcore, you know? <laughs> we love it, man. But it's just what we felt like playing at the time. And just love it, man. Well, that's kind of the beauty of, you know, yeah. everything that we do uh, in the underground scene is you don't really have to tie yourself down to one thing, you know? And if yeah. you want to branch off a little bit here branch off a little bit there um the thing is you guys do it well um the, i mean you. it's tight thanks the, man the the drumming is super tight and uh appreciate that just it's angry the whole way through <laughs> it didn't disappoint like i was telling john before we started to before we hopped on um psychological crucifixion uh that song man i mean we we're just rocking i was rocking out in the car uh, with my family <laughs> to that song today because it's <laughs> it just punches you so hard and the punch doesn't stop. It just keeps going. And I'm, you know, I'm from central PA. So like that is right nice. in, that's right in my vein. I mean, that's what I want to hear when I turn on something like that. But, yeah. Yeah. Fuck um, yeah, man. It, it's got a, it's got a good balance to the album overall. So like by the time you get to psychological crucifixion, you've already had like a nice 
uh, assortment of like what the album has to offer. Yeah. Oh, so, hell yeah. Um, you know, I really, I really uh, appreciated it from that standpoint. Um, but so I kind of wanted to get into the first song that we we're going to talk about here, Path of Fire. So um, this song recently, the video came out for it. Is that correct? Yeah, um, I think uh, it came out on uh, on April 20th. Okay, okay. What a great day, right? Right. Day and that over. seemed very fitting to us. So when we <laughs> when uh, the date was pitched to us, we said, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, so um, what, what was going through your head when you were writing this song? So I think uh, it was a little bit different, probably lyrically, because, uh, you know, I, I didn't really see the lyrics until we got into the. Um, into the studio on that one. And then we kind of did a, a split job where I actually uh, pulled some of my own stuff. No, that was for psychological for path of fire. Um, and Lenny and Shane, our producer kind of just fit it in there and it, and it ended up being perfect um, for melody wise. I think, you know, we wanted it to still have hit and punch. So it's got those kind of like real chunky, heavy elements in there but we also wanted it to have uh some crazy speed and some some fun stuff and i don't know i think this one has a little bit of all of that i mean i think ryan kills he's got some gravity blasts in there mm. um in the first part and then you know it goes into like a little slam part and then at the end i always just think everybody just you know head banging uh to the last riff on there and uh it has nice transitions, but I, I think there's enough variety in there to keep it from getting boring. Yeah, we had a couple of those riffs floating around for probably years, it seems like. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we just wanted something fast and aggressive as fuck, man. Uh, you know, with Psychological Crucifixion, it was kind of the opposite. We just wanted a slow <laughs> head in there for the whole yeah. song. Yeah, really, really heavy as fuck, you know. But with Path of Fire, we were just thinking more like, you know, we just wanted fucking chaos, dude. Yeah. Well, I think that's why it works for a single too. I mean, it's, it's a really high energy song and you guys, you know, seem to, well, I mean, I haven't seen you play it live obviously, but I mean, that, that seems to be the song that I see hyped the most. So, you know, you guys, you guys seem to be fully behind it. Um, I, find them all I think in this one. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's a strong album. It, it, it really is. <laughs> But uh, Path of Fire, Thanks, man. I think it was a good, I think it was a solid choice for a first you know, song to put out there as a single. So um, let's get into it real quick. We're going to play this. Uh, this is Concrete off the album, Free Us From Existence. This is Path of Fire.
Back here on Wasted Radio. My name is Matt, and I'm here with John and Ryan from Concrete. What's going on, guys? How's it going? What's up, man? You just heard Path of Fire. That was the first single off of the album Free Us from Existence. And man, that uh you, you dropped the video for it. So let's talk yeah. about the video uh real quick. <laughs> you know, um, how, first of all, did you guys just do this video recently or have you been sitting on it for months? What, what's the story? So there? We actually, um, we had uh, this guy film another video for, uh, for us for the same album, uh, Starving Serpent, which is also out there, but wasn't kind of released as a single. Um, but he was a lot of fun. So we, we had him come in November and we filmed a lot of the outdoor shots Um and then it took us a while between, you know, uh, COVID scares and people getting sick and, and holidays and things. We actually didn't get to film the, all the indoor shots until January. Uh, first week in January, we got that done and it's been done since then. Um, it was freezing, if you couldn't tell. Yep. That's not CGI uh, breath. Um, <laughs> it was a good time. I love the way it came out. We warmed it up in there, though. We got it hot. <laughs> You know. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it, it's a, it's a really cool video. And um, I was, I was kind of just thinking too, as you were saying, like between everything that was going on um, during that time period, especially in the past year. And you, you know, you have this new album out, you're obviously not able to get it pressed because all of the plants are either, you know, closed yeah. down or th- things are just slowed people down. were waiting for vinyl for for a minute there yeah well i'll tell you what i mean i just ordered um that gridiron despise split um yeah. from from within and that's not supposed to get here till august so i mean it's just i mean a, a mess among other industries that are also a mess i i mean i work in industrial supply so i go around a, a bunch of different places and it's everywhere every every 
place that you go, there's either a product that's on back order or, you know, something that they use to manufacture is on back order. And it's, oh yeah, you know, it's, it's slowed down the whole, the whole freaking thing is slow. But anyway, um, so all that's going on, you know, you have this new record that just comes out. What, what's that? What's that? Um, what, did it come out in July, 2020? August. Uh, August. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. August. So you've got a good, probably six, seven months there of inactivity. There's nothing. I mean, even longer, I guess it was closer to like eight or nine months, but yeah, inactivity, man. unable to play anywhere. If you do play anywhere, you're going to get shit on by a bunch of people that are telling you you're trying to kill their grandparents. Um, you know, what, what's going on inside of the band? What's, what's, um, what's your band like at that time? We really tried to focus on not letting the time go to waste. Um, you know, so we, we put out two videos um, and it's, you know, it's tough because there's a lot of content that's been coming out, but we, we didn't want people to just completely forget about us. So we put this stuff out and hopefully people are seeing it on the internet. And hopefully people are, uh, are listening to it and giving it, giving it a shot. But um, our thing was just, we want to stay busy for when, when shows do come back, we wanted to be really ready, really on and be a whole new level from what we were before. Yeah. Our live set is just on another level now, you know, everything's super tight. Uh, that's really what we've been working on besides writing new songs. It's just getting that live show to be, you know, insanely explosive. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think we've had time like this before, you know, without any, like where we couldn't, do live shows and, and do these other things. So it gave us a chance to really kind of hone everything in and uh, really focus in a way that we haven't been able to before. So that was nice. So were you guys having full band practices or were you doing it over the computer? How, how was it working for you? First, it was kind of just like, you know, me and Ryan over the computer, me and Lenny over the computer. And then, uh, then it was the three of us, uh, and then, uh, eventually it got to be, uh, you know, the four of us and, uh, you know, we're, we're all good to go now. Um, but ha- part of the issue was we hadn't had a solid practice space in years. Mm-hmm. So, um, it wasn't necessarily new for us that we weren't able to get together. Like, so this last record, when we wrote it, it was a lot of just me and Ryan getting together on like some e drums in my little office here because oh, yeah. we didn't have an, <laughs> an actual practice space. And uh, luckily, you know, as as things went along, uh, Lenny ended up having this big shed in the back of his house that we cleared out and um, made it nice. So that's that's the space now, and we've we've actually been having real regular band practices as a full band which has been just really nice yeah yeah man we uh recently just acquired a new guitarist it's uh my buddy austin from my old band scarver i just wanted to give him a quick shout out uh he's been really killing it for us and helping us write some new riffs and just super creative man it's been awesome yeah he's uh it's it's been good to have him along uh a guitar player who's riffs kind of go with mine so it still feels like it's all concrete um yeah but he's able to bring other dynamics because it's uh it's not hard it's not easy for me to try and play two guitar parts at once yeah. um but uh 
<laughs> he's he's been doing awesome and it sounds better than ever that's so cool um i have to say i have to touch on the uh recording with electronic drums um i thought no man i thought i was the only one that was doing that and i felt like such a nerd i was like oh man like everybody else has like a spot with a drum set and <laughs> <laughs> yeah so did uh did you i'm guys- broke yeah, yeah how about it um did you guys write uh a, a lot of the album that way or did you write it as a band no it was mostly that way um yeah. i think parasites was written as a band a, a long way back but mm-hmm. then the majority of it was either me sending riffs uh like videos of me playing a riff on a cell phone yeah or um you know like i said we had this little space here and i'm I'm terrible at home recording stuff, but we, we rigged it up enough that we were able to make scratch tracks with Ryan drumming. And, um, you know, I, I did my best to play bass and to play all the guitars. And then, uh, that's kind of how we, we sorted the stuff out, but it didn't really come together until say probably like a month or two before we went into the studio. For sure, man. Just kind of taught ourselves those audio programs and just fucking did it, man. That's really cool. And uh, would you say, I mean, now, John, you, you've you been doing this with Concrete since 2011. Um, yeah, I mean, we formed in 2010. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we started, we recorded a demo in 2010, released it early 2011, started playing shows in 2011. Yeah. So, so it's been for, a minute. <laughs> for you, for you writing and uh, working in a band setting versus um working kind of like out of the home studio and sending stuff back and forth um which is you know something i think at this point we've all done um what do you how do you compare and contrast between the two pros and cons i mean i love being in person with everybody because things sound different in a live environment and i also like to have you know, the other input of everybody there, the immediate feedback, you have that chemistry. Like, I mean, I can write and play to fake drums all day, but it's not going to be the same as when me and Ryan get together. And he thinks of things that I don't think of. Lenny thinks of things that I don't think of, you know, so having that all there is really nice. Um, So that would have been like some of the drawback, you know, me and Ryan might work all day on something and then, you know, uh, we show it to the other guys and they're like, yeah, no, not as into it as you were. Yeah. Um, I get that like kind of dominating feeling when I send music to people and I'm like, you know, this is what we're playing or, you know, I, and I don't like, I like the environment where there's three or four people in the room and that you can share opinions. And like you said, you get the instant feedback. Um, and Ryan, uh, what about you pros and cons? of uh recording and sending it back and forth versus the band room environment oh man uh pros i guess uh we know there's more of a time span that you can work on things with you know if you could send someone videos over a 24-hour period you know you're only in the band room for a few hours so it's really good to have those kind of uh conversations outside of the band room and then we can all get together and kind of work it out yeah, that's good. Um, I think that that's, you know, that kind of chemistry is what you need um, to be a successful band, especially nowadays, because, 
the odds are stacked against you. I mean, if you're in, if you're in metal and hardcore at this point, you're doing it because you love it. So especially at our age. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I mean, the odds, the odds really are completely stacked against you. I mean, economically, um, I don't even know anymore. Like if I wanted to do a show in my town, for instance, I don't even know where I would do it. I would end up doing something outside with generators. I mean, that, that would probably be the only option at this point. Um, yeah. and that is, and that is pre COVID. So now that, you know, we kind of went through all of this chaos and everything like that. Um, I really don't know who would be okay with, you know, mosh pits and shit like that in this area. <laughs> Um, so it's going to be interesting, but I think it's going to come back pretty hard. You know, I'm kind of hoping that it comes back in the underground, um, more so than the publicly accepted, widely sold hardcore shows and and stuff like that. I mean, those are great. The, the agencies that book touring bands and stuff, they, they like that kind of stuff because it obviously comes with a guarantee and whatnot, but right. Um, I, I have been hoping that maybe one of the gems that would come out of this giant tragedy is, you know, like a resurgence of this legendary underground scene that like kind of people our age really only caught the tail end of, I guess, before it kind of got digitized and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, when I first started going to show, there wasn't like, it wasn't really internet. Um, And then, you know, towards my tail end of high school, uh, I was in, I was in a pretty, crappy band um but you know all there was was like the bridge nine message board and it didn't look anything like a message board now or Mm -hmm. like there was the uh the new york hardcore message board Mm -hmm. um and it was literally just a line of like diagonal posts it wasn't like organized in any way um but uh yeah that changed everything so i remember you know with that first band like you might have to print out MapQuest directions and you talk to people on the phone. And now, you know, you could book a tour without talking to a human. Dude, even 10, 15 years ago, the shows were just so much different, man. It's a totally different vibe, but you know, I'm, I'm so fucking ready to play again, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much of a different vibe. Cause like we were new to it and weren't jaded or, or what, but I mean, yeah, we can't wait to, we're still having fun doing it all these years later, you know? Hell yeah. yeah. Well, I think I went to my first hardcore show in 2005. Um, okay. it, now it depends because in our area, there was a lot of like uh, screamo bands and stuff like that. And I saw some of them in like 2004, but I don't really consider that like a true hardcore show. But yeah. the first time I started seeing like true hardcore bands coming through our area was right around 2005. And the, paper flyers lasted for about maybe like five or six years. Um, and then uh, that was the last I ever saw them. And yeah, and everything, everything other than that, I mean, you know, there was MySpace, and you, you might get like a flyer handed to you in school or something like that. But um, then when uh, MySpace people started posting them on MySpace, the paper flyers really started to go away and that bummed me out that that i saw is like i still have a folder of paper flyers around here somewhere because my my room used to be decorated with that when i went off to college i brought all those and like the album covers and just taped them up on the wall but yeah i still got got a bunch of those those were the days my homie chris has like every single every single show flyer he ever got 
he's got them in binders. I'm like, dude, you're such a nerd. I wish <laughs> that awesome. I did that. Yeah. yeah, same, same, dude. Well, it's really like, um, it's really kind of like looking at an art exhibit at this point. And I know a couple people in this area that have so many of the old flyers and they have like old VHS and shit. And I had um, talked to a couple of them about um, doing a like art installation for like a week or something because we have a local gallery. And I thought it would be cool to like showcase what our local scene, you know, used to be like back in the day, because I mean, we had crazy bands coming through here and nobody in this area knows you know what i mean it's yep. like i don't I, it happened right under their nose i don't think anybody understands like what was going on here and it's weird um but now it's empty like it's it's just desolate it's i mean we had we we had some like secret shows um i don't know who's cool with me talking about that i guess so i'm not gonna like name bands <laughs> or whatever but we had some you know people get weird about that stuff sure sure but um you know we had some secret shows uh like over the summer last year and they, you know small ones but it was a nice release um but so anyway back to the internet and and stuff like that <laughs> uh just yeah, I know. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> back to the internet. Yeah, back to the internet. No, really, though, uh, with so, so back in the day, as you were saying, with the, uh, the B9 and uh, the New York Hardcore Forum and stuff like that, um, when new bands were coming out, there was at least a reliable place that you could look. Um, one thing that really seems to be going on right now is so many of the bands that are coming out, there's no real centralized location that they're posting. Um, and they kind of get lost in the mix. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's been tough. I mean, it's awesome that there's so many bands putting out so much music. Um, but unless you have that that platform, it can be tough. I mean, the hardcore scene can be great for word of mouth, um, but it can also be unpredictable if you're not in that tier. I mean, we've had plenty of national acts come through here and you know nobody shows up but yep. an all local show or a show with national acts might be like sold out three times over you know there's no rhyme or reason to it but uh it's more i think the difference now is people have so many options that they just skip over stuff they they don't really give newer stuff a chance necessarily um whereas you know I don't know. When I was a kid, like anytime I saw that the show was coming, I went out, got the music, learned it before the show, you know, so I could sing along. And it, it didn't matter who was playing. It was just a show. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know? Ryan? Uh, man, I mean, you know, these days, you know, people talk a lot of smack about streaming services and stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I really feel like that's a great way to learn about new bands, man, as long as you can go through and you know, pick out what you think is real and what's not or whatever, you know, it's, I mean, I've found hundreds of bands that way. Yeah. Um, we know we're not going to, you know, I don't feel like we're getting robbed of, you know, thousands of dollars. Cause I, you know, if, if we want, if we were going to be making that stuff, we wouldn't be playing in hardcore and metal. Yeah. But um, just the ease of having everything there. It's so easy to just check stuff out and see what you like and, yeah. Um, Social media is just another good way to learn about shows, man. I know 
a lot of people think it's BS too, but you know, Instagram, it's a good way to learn about shows. Okay. So you got to find the right accounts. (laughs) Here's something for you guys. Then since you, you guys brought up streaming and I'm not against, I I like streaming. I think it's great for the exact reasons um, that you guys mentioned for sure. Now, one of the reasons that I started the show that I do, um, which is, so my radio show is basically all vinyl, vinyl. Um, you yep. know, pulled out of my collection. So one of the reasons that I did that was that I have this impending fear that someday we're going to wake up and like Madball is going to be pulled off of iTunes or something. And then it's just going to, you know, have a snowball effect in underground music and anything that's not maybe sponsored by a major label or they're not paying the right people or they're a little too loose lipped with their message. And, and, you know, the powers that be don't like what's being said on the mic. And then all of a sudden these bands are going to start disappearing. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen. I've only seen it happen to like content creators online. I don't think I've seen a band necessarily censored, but, um, you know, I, I have been asking uh, other bands about this and just kind of getting a, a feel for opinions. I wanted to know what you guys thought. Uh, do you have any fears about um, censorship in the future and what it might do to bands like you uh, on streaming platforms? Um, Man, I mean, get to a fucking record shop. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, definitely. Uh, I, I mean, I've always thought you know having a physical piece of music in your hand was um was a special experience i mean i showed you i still have your cd you know yeah man um i love that that's so great and uh it just happened to be sitting right next to me um but uh yeah there's something about having like and and i don't know if if people are used to it now as this is gonna make me feel really old but like you know we do get requests for CDs, you know, obviously we, we make vinyl, um, but people don't pick up physical music as much anymore. And I don't, for, for me, it's that experience of like flipping through the booklet, studying the artwork, looking at all the stuff like bands. I used to love to just read the thank you liner notes in albums just to see like what other bands they were playing with and who they were thanking. And like, you don't you don't get yeah, that man. anymore yeah i i have the same theory man i you know i i have a ridiculous fear that everything is just going to be fucking erased and you know digitally and uh it's just it's just irrational to think about you know think that way but yeah. you know i agree you got to get those physical records man it's just so much better to hold hold a physical copy and just look through it man and with vinyl a lot of them are artwork in themselves i mean like you know having uh, a a record with splatter on it or or a different color like i don't know i think that stuff's awesome not to, not to mention the ridiculous or, like so, difference so in, end up getting multiple copies yeah i mean the, the the difference in the quality of audio is just worth it you know yeah i mean i i love it i've got mine right here and i have for years um that's really that's the reason that i like collecting them too is because they're kind of like uh, like you said, they're little art pieces and every single one tells a story. I mean, I, I could sit in front of my shelf and talk for hours if I really wanted to about, you know, what this band was and how it affected me or whatever. And as far as like the liner notes and the thank yous and stuff, I, I mean, I don't even know if 
I would have found out about a lot of the bands that I liked as early as I did if it wasn't for like hate breed satisfaction is the death of desires uh thank you section thank you no yeah and I'm like <laughs> I gotta look up every single one of these fucking bands you know um hell yeah yeah that we really... used to do a lot of great compilations too which I mean they still do but it's it's online so you don't you know you're not sitting there just studying who's coming up next you're you're hearing it and then you're either skipping it or going oh who is this you know, I was just talking to my uh, friend the other day about, do you remember the compilation short music for short people it was fat records and there was I like a so. hundred and some songs on it. And every song was like under 30 seconds. Yep. And I was nice. like, this is the shit that we need to get back to. Like these cool compilations <laughs> where, you know, all of these bands got together and, and they either had a, a short song to share or they recorded a short song for the comp. And it was just like, it, it was an art piece in and of itself. Um, oh, yeah. Those some were of my, the best. The old face down samplers were always great. Um, let's see the eulogy samplers. I remember I used to have um, revelation had, ones. Yeah. The Death revelation. wish would send out good stuff. Yep, I remember my sister got me this thing. It was like, I think it was called the golden shower of 72 hits. And it was um, like all these hardcore bands from Europe that I had never got to listen to before. Yeah. And uh, yeah, each like thing had a little stamp on it with like, it's not where you're from. It's where you're at. And like, that's nice. It was cool. <laughs> you got to love but, it. I learned about a lot of bands that way. And uh, it's cool. Cause you know, we've, we've actually gotten to hook up with a lot of bands from Europe. And uh, I don't think that's something, you know, that would have been a lot more difficult for us yeah. many years ago. So. Definitely. All right, cool. Well, um, I'll tell you what, we're going to take a quick break here. I want to jump into another one of the songs. Uh, we're going to do psychological crucifixion next. Is there anything you guys want to say about this song before we play it? Bang your fucking head. Mm. yeah that's about it <laughs> sounds about right right all right let's jump into it this is uh off of free us from existence we're here with uh concrete the song is psychological crucifixion
concrete we're talking about the newest album free us from existence and this was recently put out by irish voodoo records was the uh the official release was last august but the pressing just came in what about a month ago yeah yeah it's pretty recent yeah about a couple months did you guys have that in the works for a while and you were just basically waiting to get them in from the plant uh yeah we had that worked out before um before everything got released. So uh, blood blast distribution did the, uh, did the online stuff. And we had this set up with Irish voodoo around the same time that we, we did that with blood blast. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just been in the works. And I mean, you know, thank you to Joey from Irish voodoo. And he, he did it with uh, his buddy there. So it's a Irish voodoo, black voodoo split. Um but uh, yeah, they worked really hard to to get this done and to get it done, you know, <laughs> eventually because the plants kept delaying all the time. 
Yeah, it's a nightmare. I mean, I, I can't imagine like you just want to get this product into people's hands, you know? Yeah. And you had to wait, what, eight, nine months for it. About that. Yeah. And people yeah. were like, hey, when's our, I mean, and we waited before we announced it, but then it just kept getting pushed back too. And people were like, but I want my record. Man, uh, I'm just happy it happened before a year, you know, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm I mean, glad people are happy with it. So. Yeah, you said that you said that you've already got like half of a new album written already, and you haven't even gotten to tour on this one yet. Yeah, have have barely played you know any of these songs live. Just one of them. That's it. So, it's all which fresh. is great because we haven't had anything where like we've had where we've gotten like a whole brand new set of material um, in years. So it's nice because we've been playing those uh, everything ends now songs and everything else for for quite mm -hmm. some time. And uh, like I said, I, I feel like this is a, a different um, iteration of the band, I guess. That's good, though. Did you did you guys get um, love from the metal scene? Uh, did you get like, you know, any anything over there? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think the metal kids are, are maybe even a little bit more accepting at times although you know there's gatekeepers that are like oh this isn't death metal it's black it's death core it's whatever it's hardcore it's like shut up um <laughs> yeah you know we're just here to write heavy music but i think there's been pieces in it enough um so you know people are like oh i really like this thrash part or, I, I like this part what's been coolest for me is that everybody we talk to seems to have a different song that's their favorite yeah which is cool so Mine is definitely, definitely psychological crucifixion. But it's in that, the set. Come yeah, and see. That, oh, I will. <laughs> but that is uh that is that that is solely because I was born and raised in Altoona where breakdowns are paramount. So that that whole song just felt comfortable to me. Um so uh let's go back a little bit to where I kind of came into the picture with concrete, where I learned about you guys and got into your music uh and that was back in 2014 um so what was kind of going on in the band around that time you know uh working with a band like hammer fist um was that was that the only split that you've done uh i believe so yeah yeah so. that's it man okay yeah tell, a me, tell me a little bit about that um so i i was a pretty big donny brook fan and um a local promoter who's a friend of mine uh dan asylum uh he said hey this band's coming it's got members of donny brook do you want to play with them and i was like yeah we do and it was we had just been on like a little bit of a hiatus we had put out uh the one record um a year before and we had some transitional changes and I think uh, Ryan got on board around that time. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we played the show. Hammerfist was awesome. And then the next day, uh, Swayho from Hammerfist gave us a call and said, would, would you guys ever want to put something out with us? We did. Uh, set it up. That was our first uh, through Irish Voodoo as well. And then uh, we got to do a little tour with them on the West Coast, which was awesome. Probably one of the most fun tours we've been on since. So that's um, great. Still made friends out there that we're still friends with today. So that's awesome. Um, and Irish yeah. voodoo, you you're still with them. Yeah. I mean, we've had yeah. other people do some things here and there, but Irish voodoo is for me, like 
everything a hardcore label should right. be. I mean, you know, he takes care of his bands. He does it because he loves the music um, and really no other reason. He does it because he loves hardcore and punk music. And uh, he puts a lot of himself out there to do it. Um, and uh, he's been nothing but supportive. Uh, even even on that tour, when we went out there, we flew out there. He met us with uh, printed merch the first night of the tour. So whatever you guys don't sell, get back to me at the end. And uh, it helped us out a ton. So That's really cool. Um, he's just he's always been there. He's always been down. He's never tried to do anything shady. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe some of his text messages, but uh, <laughs> but no, he's he's been awesome for us. And, you know there's a lot that other bigger labels can do, but um, there's also just something to be said with dealing with people who are just in it because they love it. Yeah. I, I prefer that. And um, I think the first thing, I think the first thing that he put out that came across my radar was brawl. Yep. They did that. Yeah. Um, and then he did blood stand still. Yep. yep. Yeah. And then which he my uh, buddy Mike posted. Yeah, dude. Um, let's see. Meth mouth, I think. Yep. Yep. <laughs> he did it eventually. Um, and we we did a short run with them before we got in a in an accident. But, oh, really? uh, yeah, so homies. Yep. Yep. We uh we got sideswiped by a, a truck on the throughway, and that cut the tour short. Oh, really? But, um. So we did that with Meth Mouth, um, and we we got set up with Irish Voodoo through a mutual friend of ours and Meth Mouth's, uh, Sean Mott, who um, you might know from. He's done some podcasts, and he's he was in Ghost Ship. He's probably most well known for that, or his hmm. hair. Uh, but yeah, uh, he had another band uh, before called Atlas um, yeah. that he did before Ghost Ship, and I think we actually went on our first like little weekend run with atlas before ghost ship was a thing that was and, uh, irish voodoo right yeah and he put it out through irish voodoo so that's how we got in touch with him that's cool that's cool yeah he's he's worked with good bands for sure yeah. um i always liked brawl that that one uh when i first heard it and it was brawl and Hammerfist, and there was some other band that he was promoting at the time too i can't remember off the top of my head that's gonna drive me crazy there's a lot of heavy stuff if you go back through through his old catalog. A lot of the newer stuff is more like skate punk, and mm -hmm. I, I know we kind of stick out a little bit on there, but um, yeah, but I that's feel what like you want, the that's attitude the... is this is what you know we're yeah. going with, and uh, I mean, he's he's great for that. That's good. You know? that, that's good that you guys, um, you know, decided to stick with him and and put it out through uh, Irish voodoo and kind of stay true to that. I, I like that a lot because to be honest with you too, and I'm, I'm not just sucking up here um, listening to the album. It, it could have come out on a, a bigger label with, you know, like a marketing team and all that. I think that you guys definitely could have that in your future too, if you wanted. Um, but I mean, you know, if you're talking to me, big respect for, you know, sticking with the underground because appreciate that, man. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. we had talked to a couple, um, you know, other other labels, but ultimately, you know, the thing that sat best with us, particularly trying to 
release something in a pandemic was working with somebody that we knew and somebody that was doing it for the right reasons and wasn't just going to be like, Oh, well it's a pandemic. Nobody's buying anything. Actually it sold pretty well. So, right. (laughs) I mean, we're always going to love playing floor shows, house shows, you know, in someone's fucking garage, man. We just, we always want to be part of the underground dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's where I first saw you. And the next time I see you, I'm sure that's where I'll see you again. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah for real though. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I've sure like you guys have been to a ton of concerts and so have I, um, there's a different kind of connection that you feel uh, Definitely. when you go and see these kinds of bands that are, that are in our scene and, and um, are you guys basically, I wanted to kind of use that to move into what my next question was but not to completely change the topic, but are you guys all from uh, Albany? Yeah. Oh, Albany, Schenectady, Troy. So, okay. so yeah, sticking, I was born in Albany. The Tri-City area. Yeah. Uh, sticking with the, the underground scene thing. Um, what bands did you guys grow up watching and, and uh, you know, who were the yeah. major players in your area? I mean, you were pretty blessed to be living, have the yeah. hardcore scene that you had up there. So, I mean, we grew up, uh, I grew up with, I, I think I'm, I'm a little older than Ryan. So <laughs> how old are you guys? Ryan's guys, I'm, I'm 39. I'm 29. Oh, okay. Lenny's older than me. And I'm not going to say that's, that's about it. So. <laughs> well, I'm 30. So yeah, but, we're all um, sitting right around the same area. Yeah. yeah. Growing up up here, we had uh, Stigmata, One yeah. King Down, Skinless, um, I mean, there's there was a lot that came out of the Albany area. Um, my first show was uh, two local bands, uh, Straight Jacket and End of Line. And uh, Sam Black Church was the headliner on that one, which took me years to appreciate. Um, but uh, there's there's just so many good bands that have come out of this area and, and continue to, which is crazy because sometimes the support isn't there sometimes it is but um a lot of great bands here yeah i uh i actually took Last lesson time. drum lessons for years with uh jason bittner who's actually the drummer of stigmata the original drummer that's cool and shadows fall and all that. that's my yeah. shit man so that's that's who ryan learned from um so we've been pretty blessed to have access to to all that stuff there you know we we have the troy core scene so i don't know um you know with stigmata we've had you know, dying greed and politics, contraband and uh, wartime manner. So um, it, it's, it's shit, pretty man. rich history around here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Brick by so, brick. They've been around forever. So you, uh, yeah, um, they played here and man, it was like right at the end of full blown chaos. Yeah. Um, but we played with. We played with Brick by Brick down in West Virginia at a place called Yesterday's. Have you ever been there? I think we have. Yeah. I think it was the one West Virginia show that we played. It's a real good fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's just, it's, it, it's basically just, it's a bar, but it's more of yeah. a party house. Um, but uh, so we were playing and we were playing with Barricade and... I think it was brick by brick, but um, Ray was there and I didn't really know him at the time, but I knew who he was. And like, it was just, it was weird because I had seen full blown chaos before 
and I was standing in the crowd and then I was up there playing guitar. And I, I mean, like Ray from full blown chaos to me was, was like uh, a major inspiration to get into the scene. I mean, when I was, a Hell kid, yeah. I would watch uh, um, headbangers ball and he was on there to promote wake the demons. And I yeah. was like, fuck this dude's a rock star. Like I want to be like full blown chaos. And um, it was so cool to see him down there like you know just someone like that and i'm standing there playing my guitar and i and i look down and i see that guy i'm like wow that's just so fucking awesome and that's like right around the time where you know i'd been in the hardcore scene for a couple years and i was really getting a feel for like what it was about Mm -hmm. it was you know there there is kind of the like a, a a loosely formed hierarchy of respect among people but none of those people are are above supporting you and you know kind of helping you push towards um what you want to achieve and and like you said you had taken um drum lessons from the drummer of stigmata is a good example of that are there any other people you know uh that you guys grew up watching um that kind of you know supported you guys along the way and and you had a similar experience uh, you know, I'd, I'd have to say again, uh, Mike Valeni from Brick by Brick, man. Uh, he was the reason I played with a lot of bands that I was listening to in high school at the time. Uh, so a lot of respect goes out to him and that whole crew over there. Yeah, they um, they take care of most of the the booking in the area. And um, it, it's been I mean, Mike's lent us his van and his trailer so that we could tour before. Um, he set us up with national acts that have been heroes of ours where we're like, not only do we get to see this show in a small place, we get to play with them now too. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been really awesome. Um, as far as like influencing, I, I mean, I think it's just being able to have records. Um, I mean, I, I started to get into hardcore a little bit and then once I, I saw, overcast it was overcast and skinless at this really tiny club that we had the qe2 which is now the fuse box and um after that i was like oh i i want to i want to do metal i want to do hardcore i want to just listen to heavy stuff my big biggest influence musically is always going to be hate breed man that's just that's where it's at for me yeah i did not know that How the fuck did you not know that? <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought it was going to be like Nile or something. <laughs> hey, man, they're sick, too. One yeah. of the uh, one of the first big shows that I went to when I was a teenager was uh, Hate Breed, Most Precious Blood, Full Blown Chaos. And that like changed my life. Um, <laughs> it really did. I mean, I, I think to this day, too, like. Uh, Most Precious Blood still one of my favorite bands. Full Blown Chaos, uh, insane amount of respect for that band too. And then Hate Breed, you know, if you're in, into this type of music and you don't even at least like the first album, you know, Hate Breed is is just a, a monster. I mean, they've really ascended past what I think a lot of people thought was possible for uh, a level for a hardcore band to get to. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that band straight up changed my life straight up <laughs> yeah yeah well that um, the first time i heard hate breed i was like 10 or 11 
and I wasn't raised in a house where, I mean, the heaviest that my dad got was like Bob Seger. And, oh yeah. Yep. You know, so I, I wasn't, I had no exposure, you know, my parents um, still won't listen to our records. unless I was lucky, really man. Long. Dude, my babysitter's uh, boyfriend listened to E-Town Concrete and shit. Was like oh, really? Seven. Yeah, I was like listening to real good shit. <laughs> I was lucky, man. <laughs> well, um, I had a cousin that went to the Pledge of Allegiance tour, and that was Slipknot, and I can't remember who, but it came with a when you went there, they gave you a compilation Pledge of Allegiance tour 2001 compilation, yeah. and that had uh Hatebreed on it, and it had a bunch of like new metal bands and stuff where. I thought I was like, yo, I'm in the shit now. Like I found the heavy stuff. And then uh, once I dove more into uh, hate breed and, and then I started, obviously like you, you get into hate breed, you're listening to Pantera and biohazard and yep. you know, all of those. The Ozfest yeah. 98 lineup. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hate breed, I think, there's so much to be said about that band and then other bands that came from that era. But uh, like John, when you, you had mentioned uh, one King down. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. You, did you uh, get to see them back in the day? What was that like? They were, they were the band to see hometown heroes. It didn't matter when they were playing. Uh, and that was kind of like, I mean, shows were always packed um, when I was younger I think people just, if there was a show, people came out and, you know, you knew every band that was playing, but everybody was always supporting. Um, but one King down was different. Um, I think when I started getting to see them, they, they, uh, had Rob in there for a little while and dude, seeing them live with the amount of energy that they had, they would pack up every place. And, you know, it was like a, 12 year old 13 year old kid seeing this and just stage diving and running around is yeah that that was a huge impact on me it was you know i walk around with my one king down shirt everywhere and like that was my my badge like yeah i listen to this shit well it's weird too because um i honestly i knew who one king down was but i had no idea how big they were until they did the reunion and I was watching the videos of it online and I was like, holy shit. Like, I just, I just didn't know, you know, it was like another band that, that I thought that about was uh, buried alive. Like I knew that they were pretty big, but I didn't have a grasp on like how big they were and well, how many people they affected. And I think it was different back then too, because like, you know, when I would go to these shows, like I, I've seen buried alive you know we would go to these one king down shows and they were crazy but without the internet and talking to people all over the country you didn't really know that these bands were like going out elsewhere and doing things you Mm -hmm. know so it was like well in my city we have this and this band crushes it without really being aware that they were going elsewhere I, i feel like the world felt a little bit smaller but uh, then, yeah, you know, when when Hellfest started going around, um, you know, Hellfest 2000, One King Down was on it and putting out their their new records. And it's pretty crazy to see, you know, oh, yeah, this isn't that was the first time I got to see like 
oh man, this isn't just like our city. This isn't just New York city. This isn't just Buffalo. This is, you know, everywhere. Yeah. So were, were you at the, uh, were you at any of the Hellfests? I was, um, 2000. And then I was at the one in, uh, Elizabethtown that went to shit. You were there. I was there. Yeah. I lost my keys in the, uh, in the bad luck 13 shit episode. Show. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I, yeah, I know a couple of people that were there too. And, um, that was, what was that? 2001, 2002. I want to say it was like, was it 2000 or was it 2004? I don't know. It was before me. That's why I asked. Cause I, I want to say it was 2004. Cause there's still like 2003 DVDs floating around. And then four is the one it's real hard to get footage from. Yeah. See, that was like around the time I was trying to convince my parents to let me go to like go to BFW like, shows, shows. Yeah. shit like that. So Hellfest would have been out of the question. Yeah. It was a, it's a good time though. Um, I don't, I can't handle, you know, watching every you know and moshing for 20 bands a day now i'm just mm. i can't but i'll stand there and i'll watch it i'll listen yeah. to it it's awesome that they have it i mean it's really cool that you know we don't have that but we've got you know this is hardcore and yeah. uh brick by brick fest and like you know i think we're particularly lucky in the northeast that we have you know that we have east coast tsunami we have got you know all these other these cool things that aren't that far from albany you know right on hardcore fest all that kind of shit yeah well like uh for something like east coast tsunami or maybe like this is hardcore how far are you guys from that area i think we're like three hours from philly yeah see like i'm three hours from philly so it's really it's we're not that far apart right here in the northeast and there's a lot of a lot of good people a lot of good people that have uh put a lot of hard work um into the i mean you guys obviously know glenn that does uh brick by brick yeah yeah it's been a while since we've been down there for it but uh did have a lot of fun playing that Um, such a good time especially because i mean that was i think that was my first time seeing uh wisdom and chains play in pennsylvania oh yeah that was an experience um but also uh the way we you know got started playing in pennsylvania was because of uh ant in menace yeah and uh we had so much fun with those dudes and that band still is so heavy i still rock that agony album oh my god i know i know and they were uh some of them were in um a band way to the crown before that and that was really when we got to know them and kind of get hooked up with the williamsport crew and shit and um man they were just always they were the best I mean, they they gave us more opportunities. I, I I credit so much of what we did in Terrible Minds to Menace and Way to the Crown. Oh and yeah, yeah, they put us up big time. And they got us hooked up with uh, with some boys in Detroit. Um, Annie who've always Annie been, been real good to us. Mm-hmm. Yep, Crit uh, yeah. always been super good to us, and that's we've always had a good family with them and and uh it's been good see that's what i'm talking about this northeast hardcore stronger than ever i mean and it it hasn't gone anywhere everybody's still around everybody's still you know uh and and i'm still meeting people that know 
people that I know personally. And I like I've never met you guys before, had any conversations with you at any length. I mean, I might have shaken your hand back in 2014. Yeah, whenever um, that was. Yeah, but like it's just crazy though how many people are involved and how uh tight knit it really honestly is. It's a really small world. Now I'll tell you what, I got somebody that just entered the room. I think this might be Lenny. Oh, oh shit. I'll go to shit now. All right. Yeah, I know. So here comes a fart noise. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That yo, yo, like yo. Fart noises. See, there he is. Yo. What up? What up? Good. What the Ooh, fuck we is got? We got we got Lenny? Yep. <clears throat> That's it. What's, What's up? up? What's up? It's Matt. You're on Wasted Radio. What's going on, man? Uh, you know, just uh hanging out chilling what's up well we're talking about um we were actually we're on our last segment here but we were just talking about uh different bands that we saw when we were growing up and shit like that so uh why don't you chime in what were what were some uh old bands that you used to go see when you were first getting started going to shows oh man i remember uh when i was like five years old my mother took me to the saratoga winners to see molly hatchet that was like the first experience I had with like live music. That was, uh, it was a game changer for me. It was like, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, everybody, you know, hanging out, you know, dancing, having a good time, just the being able to feel the music and, you know, seeing live music like that was, uh, it was a big thing for me as a kid. Um, so it's one of the reasons why I bring, you know, a lot of the times I bring my kids out to shows, you know, so that they can, you know, I guess, kind of see the same thing and, you know, get that same experience, um, you know, and that same feeling at a young age that I had. Uh, trying to think, I mean, I've seen, you know, I've seen so many bands and, you know, played with so many bands. I think that um, some of the ones that really stick out to me was um, um, seeing uh, Cryptopsy, you know, I think it was like 2003, 2004. Uh, I just remember like, uh, you know, being up front and, you know, just having like the best time. And uh, Lord Worm actually like reached out and grabbed my head and like started shaking me. Like it was, just, you know, just that, that strange, you know, energy and that, you know, that just that whole weird feeling was just, uh, you know, it's surreal, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's a, it's a connection that you can't really explain. You just have to be there. Hell yeah, man. And you never forget it. Um, man, my first concert was Kiss. The first like yeah? live band. Yeah, 1998. I was eight years old. My dad took me to see Kiss because I was obsessed with them. And uh, that, that I think, is what that hooked me into the whole live music thing. Big time. I mean, you see a band like Kiss, it's hard to come back from that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I think first concert experiences are, uh, they're very telling of what's, you know, what really sells you on, on stuff, unless it completely sucked. I think my first, so I'd been going to shows and shows were a very different feeling than like arena concerts. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think our, my first concert was, uh, nine inch nails and Marilyn Manson. Oh, downward spiral tour nice it was good that would have been and and uh what like 1996 
95, 96. Yeah, yeah. around then. So or 94. Like might have even been 94. I don't know. That's like right where you want to see Marilyn Manson. Oh, yeah. No, Marilyn. everybody was like, is it going to be a dude? <laughs> is it going to be a girl? We don't know. Um, yeah, the but, kids at school used to say that he got his ribs removed so he could suck his own dick. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> like when I was however young i was i was like oh my god this is crazy and then you know i went out and bought. And then it. you tried to suck your own dick <laughs> it's true <laughs> tried to get my ribs removed but my parents wouldn't let me nah they nah, never I support didn't. your dreams <laughs> no well, dude i right. saw um i saw guns and roses and skid row that was like the first concert i went to in like 93 dude that was nice. And then I saw Metallica, I think it was like a year later, 1994. Uh, I think it was the Black Album tour. And uh, I went with my mom and she made me sneak like those small bottles of liquor in the, into the Pepsi arena in my socks. I had to wear tube socks. They won't check. Sneaking in, <laughs> sneaking in rumplements. That's funny. Um, I saw Skid Row... They actually opened for Kiss, but it was like the saddest thing I've ever seen. Even as an eight-year-old kid, I was oh, like, "Oh no, <laughs> no!" Was, they were so bad. I mean, they were completely hammered off of their asses, and it was only like seven thirty at night. I mean, even even as an eight-year-old, I was like, "Guys, come on!" A little too <laughs> much. A little too much rock and roll. Um, so let's uh let's get back to talking about the album here because we got one more song uh, uh- that we're gonna play. Uh, but I want to talk about the song first and, and, you know, maybe talk a little bit about production. Um, let's talk about recording the album first, though, before we get into the song. So you guys recorded this in Cape Cod. It looks yep. like yep. Yep. at me, the Brickhead house. Um, so uh, Shane Frisbee, the Brickhead house, um, he he'd gotten a hold of us through uh through sean the same guy who hooked us up with irish voodoo so many years ago um and it just wasn't working out he was like yeah i want to do a record with you and we we ended up going with some other people for years and years and finally this time he came out and i said look we really want to do this with you this is all the money we got we're not you know like getting this funded or anything like that so you want to work with us and he he he's like yeah let's do it um and he was amazing we're going to be going back to him for the next one um not that you know other people that we recorded with weren't great but uh this was definitely a a pretty unique experience and he really knows what he's doing so um it was kind of like having a another member of the band there to give us some input which was super helpful so we're trying to elevate the game you know that's for sure how long were you guys recording uh, we were in and out uh, in like a week. Um, I, I recorded drums in what, like six, seven, eight hours, something like that. Not even, dude. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, Ryan, hours, um, yeah. <laughs> we went in and then Ryan busted out the drums in an afternoon. And then we had like two days or a day or so of uh, drum editing. And then I went in and I did all the guitars. And then uh, we just did bass and vocals um and the vocals uh i think we did over the course of two days um just planning out where stuff was and you know trying to not kill nah nah we were no b we did it all i i always do it one day well we had the first day i think it was like yeah first day was like you know yeah we were like okay 
was like planning and spacing and and then like when i went in i think it was like what we did like all the songs i think it was like three and a half hours like just busted through all of them that's yeah, usually how we do we just go fashion. in and like just go with it yeah just when you're you know when you're feeling it it's it's so hard to to stop and you know really just be like oh you know i'll just do the rest tomorrow it's like when you have that adrenaline going it's like you know you just go oh for sure and i again like i was saying earlier lenny um i when i pick bands or specific albums to talk about on this show um it's not because they're new it's not because this or that it's it's because they you know something about that album hit home with me um and i think that what you just said kind of touches on what i took home from this album which was it's a lot of um energy flow like it, it really flows together it really seems like you know you hit your stride and you went with it and um you know do you want to you want to talk a little bit about going in there and um you know having those good takes and, and you know creating the energy that you did uh for the album yeah i mean so well, I, you know it was a much different vibe than than we've had in the past so in the, you know in the past it was really more like the you know the producer would more or less just say you know yeah just do it you know uh and i usually like to do line by line that way i can you know really you know just breathe in and you know just one punch every time i you know every line that i put in mm-hmm. and um you know previous experience we uh you know it would really just be more like of uh you know how did that sound you know did it did it suck or you know was what do you think you know and they'd be like good keep going good keep going nah i think you were a little you know a little pitchy on that one you know tr- try it again but with this one um you know shane was like a real you know producer in every sense of the and you know of the of the term you know he really you know would go in and say you know i think we should try this um, you know, I think we should, you know, maybe do it this way, slow it down. You know, there was a lot of, he had a lot of input and it, you know, it was a good feeling. Like some of it was, I felt like maybe it was like, uh, you know, ah, shit, I, you know, but I want to do it this way, you know, but it was from, from, you know, from his perspective, you know, it, it just showed that he was passionate about what he does and, you know, he really, you know, to his core, wanted it to be his brand and he wanted it to sound good, not just for himself, but for us as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was a, you know, that was a good feeling. It was like, you know, it, it was a much more supportive feeling, you know, creatively. Um, and, and it, you know, is I, I really appreciated it. You know, it's like there was sometimes when I felt like, you know, I was kind of like, you know, I really want to do it this way, you know, and he would be like, all right, you know, well, let's try it, you know, and he'd try it. And he would, you know, he was completely honest with me, like, oh, you know, that, you're right. That's, that's cool. Or, you know, hey, no, I, I don't like that. Let's try it this way. You know, we would kind of come to an, you know, come to an agreement on it, you know. And, but it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just, you know, how it had been for me in the past where it was like, you know, did it suck or was it okay? And they'd be like, yeah, it was fine. You know, so he really, you know, he was really passionate about that. And, you know, I really, I, I appreciated that. I like that. And I think, like I said, I think it shows um, because, you know, obviously 
uh, obviously you guys fell into some sort of current of energy. I mean, and that, that comes with time and working together and, and getting to know each other's playing styles and stuff like that. Um, and it really pays off because what, as we were also saying earlier, uh, this was put out through Irish voodoo records. Um, it's an indie label. You guys are an independent band. Uh, you're obviously working hard. This is a giant passion project. Um, you know, it's, it's not like you guys are, you know, uh, getting rich off of concrete. You're doing it because <laughs> you love it, you know, but that's, that's, that is specifically what I love about doing this show and talking to the bands, uh, that I talk about because, you know, yeah. you really, you really get into the nitty gritty of, of what it means to sacrifice and what it means to work together. And it's hard work, um, to create. And that's really why I like promoting the physical copies um, so people can hold it in their hand too. And they can kind of appreciate, you know, what it is that you guys uh, put effort into. And before we jump out of this real quick, Ryan, I wanted to get your take too on uh, tracking drums for this album too. Was it, was it for you uh, just kind of <laughs> sit down and hustle through it? Are you a pain in the ass? Like most of the drummers <laughs> I know, uh, man, I, I try to, get the click tracks before I go in and just get it done all in one shot. But it you know, really is my time to just let loose, man. You know, uh, I want people to feel how I feel through my yeah. music. You know, I try to communicate through my music. Sometimes I have a tough time, you know, talking to people in general. So it's just my way to let out all my aggression and anxiety and all that kind of stuff. Do you guys uh, play live to a click? <laughs> we're gonna, we, we we are now yeah now that you mention it yeah <laughs> i mean I'm, yeah. Just, I'm just i'm just wondering because it's it's um you know I, I i don't know i mean i think sometimes when you're trying to take it to the next level and and you know that is a that's a necessary thing to do sometimes you know so yeah it is and we hadn't previously um i mean ryan is really great at keeping time and and everybody kind of follows him it's he makes it really easy to play with them mm -hmm. um, in all kinds of ways. Uh, but uh, yeah. we, we recently started uh, working with click tracks um, so that we can also trigger some of the samples we've got going on because yeah, that was a lot of that question. started to get too much for it. The songs are too fast and there's too many of them. So um, this way we kind of, we can play along to the songs, man. We can trigger them all, but um everything we're, we're still playing all the live stuff we don't have any backing instruments or anything like that yeah it just makes a lot more sense man it's just you know sometimes you get excited when you play you start playing too fast mm. you slow it down you know it's most likely people aren't going to notice but it just keeps everything kind of on check and it's much easier with the sound clips too yeah, so sometimes we smoke so much weed and then like all of a sudden we accidentally start playing black sabbath covers it happens that happens man it's a good time though. I'm I'm all I'm all edibles down here in PA now. <laughs> Walking into a concrete practice can be just make sure you got nothing to do for a while. Yeah. Oh well. Been there, done that, man. <laughs> um but uh so it's safe to say then that the live show that you guys have built over you know all of this quarantine time, uh the live show that you've built is a piece you know, from start to finish, it's, it's a, it's Oh a yeah. Giant. We've, I mean, this is a whole step up. Our live show is going to be, I mean, not that I, 
I didn't think it was bad before, but, uh, <laughs> um, but now, I mean, with, uh, with Austin on the other guitar there and everything, just like we, we've been playing this stuff so much. Um, we're tighter than ever. We're heavier than ever. We dropped it, you know, things down a little bit and we're, we're making sure everything's real punchy, but, uh, we, we wanted to make it more of a, I mean, the whole thing is art, so we kind of wanted to make it, you know, an actual performance, a show that you can go be part of and still have that same kind of initial hardcore energy that, you know, that's raw. Well, I don't think you lost that energy uh, for sure. I think that, um, you know, there's there's enough of a balance between like the death metal and the black metal type sound with the old school hardcore mixed in there, the beat down. The beatdown is necessary if you ask me, <laughs> but um, you know, yeah, I I think you guys did a great job with it, and uh, I do want to get into Thank this you. last song here. But before we do that, uh, is there anything you guys you know uh, want to say? Want anybody you want to plug? Any uh, where 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 should the listeners go and check out? Um, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, any streaming service, uh, Concrete HC. Uh, if you want those vinyl, they're real nice, uh, Irish voodoo or, um, what is it? Revelation in, uh, in the U S rev HQ. Um, and then, uh, cortex in Europe and, uh, who do we got in Japan? Uh, nerds obviously in Japan and, uh, there was somebody in Australia, but you can get your hands on it. Get, get that wax. Absolutely. Ryan, Lenny, anything you guys want to say? Yeah, man. Shout out to shout out to uh shout out to Born Dead Clothing, Hell Teeth, uh, Holy Death. Shout out to Marijuana as a whole. <laughs> shout out to Svedka, Strawberry Lemonade Vodka. Um, shout out to Pooh Shiesty and uh shout out to Mike Valeni for uh always keeping it real with us locally. Um, and uh, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. I'm going to say, let's just, let's be better to each other. Let's continue to be good to each other. That's what I'm going to plug. <laughs> hey man, I say that on almost every single one of my shows, dude. Hell it's, yeah. that's what's right. People are just too damn mean to each other anymore. We all need to chill the hell out. Stop taking ourselves so seriously and just get baked and fucking just, have fun headbang together man That's hell right, yeah man just get loose hey well and and i'll tell you what i i also uh bring my son to shows but maybe the nice. next but maybe maybe i'll have to you know let him sit out on the next time i go see concrete so i can smoke a blunt with you guys hell yeah <laughs> uh, that's all right my my daughters sell it so it's cool Sally, we got you <laughs> i'm just joking by the way <laughs> Yeah, mine's mine's eight, so I haven't introduced it to him yet, but you know, maybe in a couple months or so. <laughs> you gotta normal. You gotta you gotta normalize that. Say, so, yeah, this is daddy's yeah. medicine for his cataract. Yeah, couple right? months. <laughs> <laughs> a couple months, yeah. You roll a blunt tonight. Like, let me show you how to do this. You know, whatever. All right, guys. Well, hey. Um, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank, thank you, you for uh, having us. Well, hey, thank you guys, you, thank you, man. you guys are the one doing the favor for me at this point. I mean, I'm 14 episodes in. I'm still getting my name out there. Um, I really appreciate you guys 
coming on and and doing this um it's a great record the the record is free us from existence by concrete it's on irish voodoo records the catalog number is ivr061 so punch that into google and uh get yourself a copy you've already heard where you can get it uh we're gonna go into this last song here this is parasites uh off of this album again guys thank you very much and uh we'll, we'll have to do this again sometime in the future all right? hell yeah thanks man thank hell yeah you. brother all right everybody beat up your family to parasites right now
All right. That was the interview with Concrete, John, Ryan, and Lenny. Some good guys there. I am excited to get to talking to them again in the future, and they probably will uh, be back on the show. I really would like to have some of these people back and just, you know, follow up later on down the line after uh, they release some more music and whatnot. A uh, friend of Wasted Radio is always welcome on. So, you know, guys and anybody who else has been on the show, feel free to hit me up if you want to pop in sometime. You're always welcome. Uh, other than that, you can find them at Concrete HC, as I mentioned earlier. And I'm just going to wrap it up here. I'm a little bit hoarse. We spent some time uh, recording some music earlier in the week, and it just fucked me up. So I have uh, kind of been resting my voice for a few days. I wish that I had gotten this done a little bit sooner, but unfortunately, you know, can't put too much stress on the voice. So anyway, I just want to wrap it up there. As we said in the interview, you know, Stop treating each other like assholes. It is time to everybody get your collective head back. Love your brothers and sisters. Do what you can for hardcore. And until next week, this is Wasted Radio. My name is Matt. Happy.